This week on the Habs Forum, uh, the Canadians suck. Yeah, that's it. That's the episode. Is there anything else you want to add, Dustin? Or no? Are we good? Can we end it here? No. Okay. Well, I guess we'll do an actual. We'll do an actual episode. But it's not looking good. These playoffs have been hard to watch. Uh, I mean, just yesterday was. I mean, I don't even remember. Was it four nothing? I'm gonna be honest. I, I checked out toward towards the end of that game. Absolutely pathetic effort. It doesn't look like the playoffs. It just looks like a regular season game where the where it's the third game in four nights and and, and the guys don't care and just want to go home. That's that's what it looks like we're watching. But I mean, we'll talk more about that. And is is there really hope for this team? Honestly, that's what I want to talk. Is there hope for this team? Can this team even should this team even be in the playoffs? Or is this all just a result of the of the weird divisions with COVID and all that? I mean, which which I think is what it is. Only positives coming out of today is uh, Leskinen and uh, Primo named to the North Division All Stars. A good got got some good news in, in the Habs world. So we got we got that to 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 talk about at least in the Laval the Laval Rocket at least had a had a good year. And there are some rumors saying that Bergeron already had an offer from Molson to uh, re-up his contract, which expires in the end of next year. And if you go on Twitter, most people are talking about Bergeron needing to be fired. So I don't know if that's what Habsmans want to hear right now. So we'll talk about all that. Uh, but first, Dustin, tell us who our sponsor is. The Habs Forum is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Check out the new Lawnmower 4.0 and the rest of the all-star lineup at Manscaped.com. Use promo code HABSFORUM for 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. Guys, with you know the restrictions getting lifted and all that and the summer coming up, you guys are going to want to look your best, feel your best, and feel fresh, funky fresh. So uh, make sure to check out Manscaped.com. All right, so let's get into it. The Habs now down 3-1 in the series. And 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 really, I mean the first game, honestly, looking back on it now, you have to wonder if it was just a fluke that the Leafs seeing what happened to their captain happen just kind of took them out of the game completely. Price had a yeah. masterful performance and then and then it's it's just been it's been complete domination. It's been complete domination by the Leafs. The Canadians don't have a chance in hell to win this. It, it, it looks like it's it's it honestly looks like it's a it's a cliche, but it looks like boys against men. That's what it looks like. The, the, this team is far inferior to the Leafs. It's pathetic. Yeah, but I mean, we we knew he- coming into this that the that Leafs obviously are a more talented team than the Canadians. If the Canadians had and and I truly believe the Canadians had a chance to win this series. I mean, like you know that on paper obviously it was going to be an uphill battle the whole time but they needed to come with come in with a solid game plan the coaching obviously dominic Duchamp and the rest of the head, uh, coaching staff needed to be on point the 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 players needed to perform the game plan to a t that lasted about five minutes now i don't know if it was you know the the whole john tavares injury that, that just sort of derailed the canadians and and got in their head and, and, you know, I mean, you just talked about the Maple Leafs sort of getting off their game plan and, and being affected by the injury. But the Canadians, through the first five minutes, right before the, the, the Tabaras injury, five, through roughly five minutes, they had 11 hits in the first five minutes of that game. And, and they basically that was the only five minutes the Canadians actually looked like the better team on the ice. And then after the injury, completely downhill. And, and even in game one, when they did win, they really didn't deserve to win that game. If, if Carey Price, Price isn't there. They, they lose, you know, probably 4-1, 4-2, 5-1, 5-2, 5-3, 5-4, 5-3, 5-4, 5-3, 5-4, 5-3, 5-4, 5-4, 5-4, 5-4, 5-4
five one. Every, every single like. game in this series, they should have lost by multiple goals. And I, honestly, I don't think I think we're, we were a little delusional on the thinking they did have a chance. I don't. This group of defensemen never had a chance of beating these these Maple Leafs. They 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 really didn't. I I, I the thing is is the Leafs. I don't really think I've put up near their best effort so far. The only way this, the only th- way the Canadians won this series is if the Leafs played so bad on, under how they should play. You, you know what I mean? Like they, 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 they just kind of choke it completely, or, or the goaltending is atrocious. And not to take anything away from Jack Campbell, he's been solid. He's done what he needs to do uh, as as the the goalie for the better team. But I mean, he's made made a few big saves here and there. But it's a classic case of the Canadians just making the other goalie look good. I mean, it's just and, – and you look at everything, all the advanced stats, and the Canadians just can't keep up. And I honestly think that it, it starts with the defense. And, like, I know that the problem is that they're not scoring goals and they're not allowing that many goals. And that's the argument that Dominic Ducham gave when asked if Romanov is going to play. He some, he, he said – I'm paraphrasing here – but that essentially they haven't allowed that many goals, so they're happy with what the group of defensemen have done. Is he completely – like, does he understand at all how the NHL works? Like, is it like I, I'm shocked by that type of answer. The defense hasn't looked good at all. It's entirely a result of Carey Price's play. The defense has looked terrible. It, they can't get out of the zone. They can't do the make make a first pass. And then we have the coach saying the group has looked good, and then you don't want to play the, the defenseman. And Romanov, who, by the way, Bergeron last year was telling us he was ready to play, and uh, if he was allowed to play in, 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 the, in the plans and in the bubble, he would have played, and he would have been one of the uh, one of the, the top defensemen on the team, and now all of a sudden he's not good enough to play, probably just killing his relationship with the halves. And, and it's just like, play the kids, man. Play the kids. The, the, the focus needs to be on the – the fact that we started the series without Caulfield, like I don't care that they won the first game, without Kotkaniemi, it's absolutely pathetic how, how, how this playoff has played out. Like I want the whole group, top to bottom, out, and I don't think it's happening. But from Bergman to Duchamp to any everyone else in, the, in between, the only one, only one I, want, I want to stay in the organization is Joël Bouchard, honestly. That's, that's the only one. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, at this point, I mean, the Canadians, it was always going to be an uphill battle. They needed to, at the very least, get their kids some experience. You know, I mean, yep. you you you, you got to live or die by the by the kids, especially the way that we saw. You know, I mean, we saw Suzuki and Kukinani come into their own last season. Why would you not? And they were the best players for the Canadians. Why would you not want to play these guys? Why? And we saw it with Kukinani that the, he scored. You know, the, I mean, a couple of minutes into the into game yeah. two, when after sitting in game one, Cole Caulfield has been. I mean, I don't really even think it's arguable that he's been the best player, at least the most threatening forward for the Canadians since he's been it's, in the it's, it's between him, him and Suzuki, I would say. It's the only other possible argument. Suzuki, I think, has had some nice flashes, too. Uh, but, uh, but, but like, it's it's pathetic that he wasn't playing at first. And the worst part about it is, is that when they asked Dusham, he said that everyone in the organization, top to bottom, had the same starting group. Are you I, fucking I kidding me? I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on with this team. Like, it, it's, it's just mind. Every single decision is mind boggling. Not like we've seen that, you know, the, the Canadians aren't scoring. Yes, it's it is on the forwards, but it's so much on the defense, too. The deep, they can't get the puck out of their zone. I mean, the, you have basically six guys that can't move the puck right now. Kulak is is playing pretty well. Petrie, ah, he must be injured because he's playing the worst hockey I've seen him play yeah. in years. Like, Maybe since he's been a Montreal Canadian, and that that uh, was really, something that couldn't happen yeah. to the Canadians. Petrie no. playing at the top of, the, of his game was essential because he's the only he's the only one there that that can 
like make it like start a play in his own zone and 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 get it started. He's the only one there that can do that. And and like someone you retweeted something on on our Twitter. I forget who was the original one who tweeted it. Made the point of there's too many defensemen on this team that they have a a good game is a game where you don't notice them. And that's that's a perfect way of putting it. Like every single defenseman on this team, short of maybe Jeff Petrie. That is what you, you like. You've said this multiple times on this podcast. Oh, for him, like if you don't notice him, it's good. But you can't have your whole defense build around guys like that. It's pathetic. No, exactly. And meanwhile, the two defense that are sitting right now, and even even some of the guys in the taxi squad, a guy like Otto Liskin, yep. who was you know the best, arguable. Well, okay, anyway, he was in the top AHL defenseman this year. He could definitely be helping. He's a great puck moving defenseman. You have Romanov. Yes, he had obviously some hiccups at the end of the sure. season. You know, you're, you're, that's going to happen. But he's one of your top prospects. He's going to be huge to the future of the Montreal Canadiens. And, and like you said b- before, I mean, you know, you're potentially, you know, hurting your relationship with him right now. Uh, and even Eric Gustafson. I mean, we all, okay, we, we know he's a, a bit of an adventure in his own zone. But he's a guy that could definitely help with the, with some puck moving right now. I, because... I don't care as much about Gustafson because I'm not really of the mind that we have any chance of winning. I just want to give the experience, you know. And it's like, why the fuck is John Merrill out there? He's never gonna he's never gonna wear the jersey again, and he's not hasn't looked good. He he had an okay game. Don't get me wrong. He, he's not. It's not like he's been atrocious. He hasn't the worst one out there. But what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Just put Romanov instead. Who cares? Like, who cares about John fucking Merrill? <laughs> like, he's never going to wear the Habs jersey again. Just, just uh, sit him in the stands. He can go sign elsewhere. No hard feelings, but uh, go have fun wherever you go. Like, like who, who yeah. cares? It's crazy. It's it's mind-boggling. Like, all these decisions, I, I just – I don't understand. I mean, it, especially Caulfield. Like, Kucky, Nami, and Romanov, I know they had a, a rough end to the season. But coffee, you knew, like you knew, scoring goals was going to be the the, the biggest yep. issue for the Canadians. And then you sit this guy for the first two games of the series, who's obviously the biggest scoring threat for the Canadians, even though you know he maybe he only has a handful of NHL exp- uh, you know games or whatever. But I mean, it. I don't know. I mean, just that play he made yesterday when he went basically one against three and he created something for himself. And I mean, it, it it is what it is. You're usually not going to score on that. But like, is there anyone else on the team that can, can do that right now? <laughs> like, it's just how can you scratch that? And like, like we've been saying, just give them the experience. And people argue that the playoffs aren't somewhere that like where you you build your team and all that. But the thing is, is this management group is is delusional. And I really think that it, what's hurt this team is the success in the bubble. And now in, in this COVID season, I'm worried that now they're going to look at this season and, well, we still made the playoffs. We're, we're, we're only a few pieces away from being competitive. No, no. This is a team that shouldn't have made the playoffs two years in a row and did because of what's been going on with the COVID divisions and all that. Last season, do we need to remind how terrible they were and how they had no business being in the playoffs? I mean, what is it? What is it like? The top twenty-five teams made the plans, and the Canadians were the twenty-fifth teams. Like it, they had no business, and they only beat Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh couldn't be bothered, and Price played out of his mind. And then they 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 think that means that this team's almost there making. It. And same thing this year. If we have the regular divisions this year, this team doesn't make the playoffs. Toronto and um, it's Toronto, Boston, Florida, and uh, who's the team I'm uh, I'm blanking on Apple here? Case. Tampa Bay, yeah, exactly. There's there's zero chance that the team is ahead of any of those guys. And and here's the thing. The Ottawa Senators ended the season very strong. 
and they're on their way of in, in getting better than the Canadians. Like it, it wouldn't be a shocker to me if the Senators have a better season than the Canadians next year. I mean, Ottawa, uh, not Ottawa, Buffalo. It looks like they're on on the downwards uh, again with Eichel that wants to leave. So that is what it is. And Detroit, I think they'll get there sooner rather than later, but I don't think they're quite there yet. But at best, Canadians, the Canadians are fifth next year. At best. But this, yeah. but this management group thinks we're one piece away, and it blows my mind. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, like it, and what a contrast from the beginning of the season. Like the way that the the way that this season started. I mean, yeah. everything was going right. It looked like, and I mean, you know, we said it ourselves. Maybe Bergevin could be in the running for the for the GM of the year. Um, it you know, shows how I mean, desperate we are to be excited about this team that we were so delusional at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but, you know, and, I mean, it's it, and and I I did I will say that I did say it at the beginning that I'm still worried about this defense, and, yeah. and that's that's what's sunk in us. And and it's and it's like I feel like a lot of people just look at the goals, not not scoring goals, and it's the four. Like I really don't think this forward group is that bad. Sure, of course, there's there's a lack of really that top top end talent. Uh, that that's not there because of the reality of like you know just usually that's through draft they haven't inquired that and maybe the kids just need to develop a little, a little bit more, but nothing gets generated through the defense nothing and like so I was on the 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 the, the Habs subreddit today a little bit and as as you can uh, as you can imagine it's pretty a lot of depressed users on there but what started happening is people kept posting the game highlights for previous Habs wins in the playoffs it just just as a way to forget what's happening right now just and just so i watched a few of them a few a few like wins against tampa bay wins against um like the old the old old uh, ones against boston and the, the thing that kept coming back watching these and made me so sad is guys like markov guys like pk suban even a guy like mark strite or even even i'll even go as far as say a guy as like josh georges was a stay-at-home defenseman but at least he could still move the puck. He wasn't he wasn't a pylon out there, you know? And just this team hasn't had any players like that for years. And it's it's crucial. And like, I'm not saying, of course, Markov, even if they re-signed him, he would be gone at this point. But Bergeron has completely failed in the last five years of replacing those pieces. In fact, he moved them away in a guy like Sergachev. And it just all his moves lead and leading to and the fact that he still he has said multiple times that he thinks his best move as a GM has was the the Weber and, and PK Subban trade that just shows you how out of fucking touch he is and how he doesn't understand how important puck moving defensemen are it's 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 it's, it's pathetic this team hasn't won jack shit since Shea Weber showed up and we have had a complete lack of puck moving defensemen the furthest we've made it is the first round of the playoffs and then we're out it's it's pathetic. I can't I can't anymore. I can't. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, like you said, I mean, the, the puck moving defenseman has been the issue. I mean, since Markov left, when did Markov leave? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, then we replaced him with Carl Alsner. Carl Alsner, and then you know, and like Markov Bench wanted to resign. Markov wanted to resign, yeah. but Bergman was was too stubborn. But first of all, just for the whole. Like, respect the guy that's given so much to this team. Just that alone bothers me. And if you look at Markov's IM, uh, not IMDB, a hockey DB, he, he had a solid season in the KHL after. Like, he still had some in the tank. And to not have a plan to replace him, and just, uh, I just, it drives me crazy. 
Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, that that's obviously been the downfall of Bergevin. I mean, he he's made a lot of great moves. So I I don't think any of us is going to argue with that. I mean, the, the prospects pool, prospect pool that we have now is has been stronger than ever. But again, yeah. that that you know, I mean, we can't get those puck moving defensemen. And again, like like I tweeted out from our, from our account. You know, and all the defensemen basically he's drafting are those new age defensemen, guys yeah. like jo- you know Jordan Harris, Jaden Struble, uh, Matthias Norlander, uh, even Caden Gooley. Well, he's kind of a two way guy there, but I mean, you know, the, it's all these new age defensemen. But when it comes to the actual Canadians, he's stuck in the nineties. He's he's getting guys like Edmondson, Sherratt, Alsner. You know, I mean, you, yeah, you know, these guys. You know, you want to have maybe a guy or two like that stay-at-home defenseman on your team, but you can't just have that on your no, team. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like you look at a team like the Leafs, they have a guy like Jake Musson, sure, but they don't have just that. You know, they have a guy like Morgan Riley too. You know, like you have to have those guys that are gonna play 25 plus minutes a game for you and can move the puck and can score some goals or or just start the rush. You know, that first pass out of the zone is so crucial, and the Canadians just don't. Have have it it just we, we just don't have it which which is why when 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 petrie is at the top of his game like he was early in the year that, that that's that's really the, this team's success has gone through petrie throughout this season is it, because what his skill set when he's on is exactly what this team is sorely ma- lacking so when he's on the team does well well he, he he's not on all the time like i love jeff petrie but he's just he he's not like a top like he we talked about him being a norris candidate at the beginning of the year but that fell off a little bit it's been a story of his career, and like nothing against him, he's still a very solid defenseman. But he's not good enough to be the only guy you have on the team that can produce that type of stuff. There needs to be more around him. Now, that's why, like going into next year, like I, like best thing that can happen to this team is that that at the expansion draft, Ben Sherratt's the one that's taken, which I think is kind of possible. I'm 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 concerned Jake Allen's going to be the one that's taken, but then just play the 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 younger guys. I want to see Leskinen in the lineup. Romanov obviously. And hey, if if Norlander has a good camp, give him a shot too. I don't care. Like play the young guys. We're not making playoffs next year. We're not. We're just like it would take a collapse from another team that that we mentioned previously for it to happen. So play the kids. Next year should be a developing year, honestly. And that's also why Dano, Tatar, Armia, I'm sorry, bye. You know. Just Yeah, and I mean, then, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any argument that uh, the Tatar and Army are going to be out, um, you know, unless the Army for sure is out. I mean, Tatar may, like, if he took a massive... No, no, no. I think Armia is much more likely to re-sign than Tatar. Tatar was almost yeah. str- scratch, and he was pissed off, and he's older and all that. Armia, you can maybe get him at a discount, right? Like, he, like because Armia might actually not be too expensive, and, and they do like his skill, skill set, so... but. Dano is the one I'm terrified about. I'm terrified they're going to give Dano way too much money. And all it's going to do is continue stunting the progress of our two young centers. I, I, I want Dano off this team, especially with how Paling played. Here's the thing with Dano. He, 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 he's not terrible, but this, is, this team needs to be doing a bit of a rebuild here. And if they're not going to win in the next two years, which they're not, Dano is completely useless to this team. You're, you might as well just move on from him. And then let the kids play at center. Paling had an amazing year in in Laval this year. Bring him up next year. Evans has looked great. Like give me those give me those four kids down the middle, and I'm happy. That's the t- that that's what we need to do. And give me Joy Bouchard as the coach and focus on the kids. That's what I want. Kind of like what Ottawa's doing. And and Ottawa is is trending in the right direction by letting their kids play, and their kids are progressing way better than ours are. Yeah. No. It's I mean it's, it's definitely hard to argue with that. I mean you can't. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they they obviously, you know, they the their their window isn't going to be for a few years, and and like you said, I mean, they you know they have a lot of great young players, um, you know, obviously Kakinami, Romanov, Suzuki, Primo, all these guys, and yeah, you know, they they need to obviously focus on the young kids at this point, and you know, there's obviously going to be some growing pains, but you know, like you said, I mean, there's a, two other teams like Ottawa and Detroit. I mean, you know, they've had their growing pains, but. And in a couple of years, those two teams are going to be really tough to play yeah. against. And, and, you know, Montreal has to do the same thing. They, they can't just stay in this sort of, you know, middle middling area that they're in now because, oh, you know, they're, 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 they're in the they're worst, worst possible position right now. It's the worst possible position. But the thing is, is I'm worried that this group is not going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that the, the Bergevin's still going to have the keys and they're going to tell them they want to win. And there's no moves that can be done that will make this team into a contender like next year or the year after that. Like what would it be? I, I, I just, I, I don't know. But the, the thing is, is if we're going to do what we're talking about, the two guys that need to move on from are Carey Price and Shea Weber. One, are they, would they even be able to move on from those players? Like would anyone want to come get those players off of us? And two, uh, do they actually want to do that? I don't think they do. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, Shea Weber, I, I, I don't think it's possible to move. I don't think so. I mean, again, we well, we've talked about this before that, that his cap hits a lot higher than than his actual yeah. salary. So potentially, you know, that could be an attractive option for a team like Arizona who's trying to get to the uh, to the to the cap floor. Uh, I mean, I don't. Carey Price could could be a possibility. I mean. You know, I mean, obviously, Price is is fantastic. He's been a lifesaver for the Canadians, obviously, in this, uh, well, for for years in the playoffs. But you know, it, it is what it is at this point. He's getting up there, and and yeah. he's the Canadians aren't going to be good while he's you know still at his uh, you know at, at his top level. So you know, if if we could maybe somehow move on from him, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Um. So yeah, it's, I mean, those two guys are. Especially Weber. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know how they get rid of him, but yeah, that would be huge. Like you said with Weber, the solution is really finding a team that that's happy to kind of like just have a you know a veteran guy that had ha- the ha- higher cap hit than he does have a a salary. I mean that that whole higher cap hit than salary doesn't start till the the not next year but the year after that. So who knows? But that's what they need. That's this team needs to do. It's it's just. It doesn't work with these guys, and I would hate to see Price go. Honestly, I've loved Price in his time in Montreal. Part of me just wants him to be able to go win somewhere else. Like those stats have, that we've been seeing all over Twitter, of how the, here's how the, here's why Price might be able to find we might be able to find a new home for Price is because all those numbers of him in the playoffs, he clearly performs when the games matter, and there's teams are going to see that and they're going to want that on their team. He just hasn't had the goal support, and it's just so sad to see. Like like the, the if you look at just the numbers without the wins Price has had. Over the last what, what what was like 50 playoff games, the idea that that that, that, that goaltender didn't even sniff the finals it's 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 so depressing. It's just a complete wasted opportunity. The 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 last you know seven or eight so years of Carey Price's prime. It's just it's and it's past now. It's not coming back. You know. No, uh, no exactly. And not not only has he not sniffed the finals, he's not even playing for 500 with yeah. this team yeah. i think he's like 26 and 27 at this point yeah um so i mean it's it's crazy i mean the canadians just year after year they just can't put the puck in the back of the net when it comes to the playoffs and it just yeah the it it just keeps getting worse and worse i mean yeah. you know bergevin made a lot of 
great moves. I mean, I think, you know, like, like you said earlier, I mean, I think the, the forward group is pretty decent. Yeah. But this, yeah. This, I do. I do he's, believe he's that. clueless. He's clueless. Yeah. And it's just shocking because he was a defenseman, but it's like, it, it, and and it, it's just you look at who runs the defense of this team, like who like who builds the team. It's it, it's uh, Bergevin, and who runs the defense? It's Luke Richardson, and they it's like they they want defensemen that are in the mold of who how they played. It's like they're 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 building a defense like they want to win the cup in 1998 instead of in 2021. You know, like that's it's just not gonna work. And, like, here's the thing that, for me, with Bergevin, I'm not completely hopeless on, is that there have been rumors of him trying to go get some of those guys. I mean, there was a rumor that he tried to acquire Tony D'Angelo, which has this whole whole other slew of issues with, with him as, as a person. But as a player, he's exactly what this team is, is lacking, right? So the, the fact that he's, a, he's willing to ignore if, – if those rumors are true, the fact that he's willing to ignore his personal stuff – because of the skill set he brings on the ice tells me that, okay, maybe he does understand that that is what is lacking for this team. But if he does understand, like, why haven't, like, why hasn't he been able to pull the trigger on, on, on like, I know they haven't been able, if, available in free agency, but you look at, like, at a guy like Devin Taves who got, who got, last offseason was got for, like, what, a third round pick or something like that? Like, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, I think a second and a fifth or something like that. The Canadians yeah. could have easily beat that offer, easily. Oh, for sure. With all the picks they have, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he would have been a great defenseman for the Canadians to have. Um, you know, I mean, one, and you know, I th- I think we sort of talked about this, and uh, you know, in, in our in our in our friend chat there when we talk about hockey, but potentially the expansion draft could be a great option for the Canadians as well, where some where where teams are going to have multiple defensemen. And Colorado yeah. is one, you know, with with Devin Taves, Kale Kale McCarr. That, that's Connor what's Chase. funny is Devin Taves again this offseason might be the guy that's available, but he's going to be more expensive probably than he was uh, last year. Oh, definitely. But you know, I mean, teams like that that have just an abundance of these of of solid def- NHL defensemen, you know, maybe the Canadians can get one of these guys because obviously the yeah. Canadians don't have too many guys that they have to pre- protect on defense at least. I mean, aside from Jeff Petrie. Dude, I, I, I mean, you protect Petrie, you probably protect Edmondson too. Edmondson is like 27, you know, so like I don't – and he, like we've talked about Edmondson. Like he, for what he is, I like him. The problem is there's too many like him, right? And then it's like they're going to protect Shea Weber. They are. They will. And that drives me crazy. That's crazy. That drives – I would rather protect Brett Kulak than Shea Weber. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I mean... But here's the thing. They would probably protect Ben Sherratt even before Brett Kulak because they think Ben Sherratt's good. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I just can't understand it. And every single game, I see the starting lineup for the Canadians here in the playoffs, and I see, first name, I see Shea Weber, second name, Ben Sherratt. It's nuts. And it's just like, really, again? Like, have how, when, how long is this going to last? It's, it's, it's absolutely... Insane. I mean, let's take a look here. So the teams that have some defensemen, they're gonna have to move here. The expansion draft. I mean, you got Carolina that's gonna have to move some guys. They like they have like they have a guy like Jake Bean who's only 22 that they need to protect because they have Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, and then Brady Shea, which I'm assuming they're gonna protect. And then you have like Jake Garner, which you know he's been he he has his injuries. Brett P- Pesci, Pesci, I'm not too sure how to say his name, yeah. Jake Bean. Th- th- those are not some bad defensemen that are going to be available uh, out of Carolina. And and we have a guy like like 
we don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Drouin. Like, is Jonathan Drouin done with the Canadians? And if he is, you know. But then, and then you look at Colorado. They have Eric Johnson has a no movement clause. So assuming that that he doesn't want to lift it, Kale McCarr is an obvious there too. And then that leaves Sam Girard, Devin Taves, and Ryan Graves, all pretty solid defensemen that they can't they they, they can only protect one of them. So I'm, I'm assuming Girard is the one that they protect there. Because so go get one of those that guys. Makes sense. Go get yeah, one of those. Yeah, for sure. Guys. Yeah, Ryan Graves is actually a guy that was linked to the Canadians last off season, so mm-hmm. that that could definitely be a possibility. Um, yeah, I mean, and and the guys you named in Carolina, Jake Bean, Brett Pesci, I mean, those those guys would be fantastic additions to the Canadians and would definitely be instantly in the top four, if not yeah. top two for the Canadians. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, there's there's options out there. Uh, and again, the Canadians have so many prospects. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to give up, you know, any big prospects or anything. I mean, it's, I don't want to give up any prospects. Are you kidding me? You know, but these, these, some of these teams are going to be desperate though. I mean, they don't want to lose these guys, some of these guys for nothing. Right. So, And, and what I do like about these guys, like you look at a guy like Jake Bean, like I'll move a prospect for a guy like that. He's 22 years old. So I'm okay with that. You know, if, if you're, if you're talking about guys in that age range, that I, I'm willing to to move something there, like Devin Taves, Ryan Graves. I mean, they're solid. 26, 27. I mean, it, it's it's it, at that point, it's by the time we're competitive, which we kind of agree, it's two years down the road. Then these guys are getting older, you know. So I don't know. It's I, just, I don't know. It's just, but I, I'm just I'm looking at it like I wouldn't make these moves necessarily for prospects, but if the management are stubborn and still think they can wait with Shea Weber and Carey Price. As as the pieces, core pieces of this team, like they can't think Shea Weber's still good, right? Like, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously injured. Um, you know, he's, he's enough of that. Enough of that. He's no, done. He's I know. Not, it's, it's not getting yeah, better. He's obviously done, but you know, I'm saying maybe they see the injury and he's like, okay, he's gonna he's bounce. Not injured. He's old. Okay, he's old. That's what it is. No, he is injured though. He he does. He has like a hand. I think on his right hand. Yeah, I know. We all saw the pictures and all that. He, he had more than enough time to recover from that. I just. He, 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 and the thing is, is he's been bad all year. Unless he's been carrying this injury the entire season, he's just been worse with it. It's not like he was good before it, and he started slowing down last year, and then he had, like, one good series in the bubble with Ben Sherratt, and because of that one good series, we're going to put all our eggs in that basket with these two pylons on defense. It's, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I think the, the the biggest decision the Canadians have to make is who's going to be the GM and who's going to be the coach. I mean, G like Mark Bergevin is probably going to be the, the, the GM. I don't yeah. think, you know, like I it or he, not. At the very least, he finishes out his contract. He has one more year after this year on his contract. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think he's got at least one more year as a GM. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, what, whatever. Give him, give him one, one more year. I mean, I. But it depends. If it's one more year of him thinking he needs to win, like, do you honestly think there is a chance that this team finishes ahead of either Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, or Florida next year? I mean, maybe Florida. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't Florida, really followed them that much, but, to be honest with you, Florida. But Florida has been amazing this year. And 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 there's there's no sign of them slowing down. Honestly, I mean the only problem Florida has is they have a ten million dollar goaltender that can't win in the playoffs. Uh, but they ha- they have backups that are good, so they 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 just go with those guys. But in the regular season, I just 
Florida yeah. had 37 wins, 14 losses, and five OT losses this year. Like this is, this is not a team that the Canadians are going to f- finish ahead of. I mean, they finished Florida finished ahead of Tampa Bay, right? So they're just yeah, it's, it's it, no, it, it, it's they're probably not going to finish top four there. They're more than likely going to be the you know fifth. I mean, I th- yeah, I think they're still you know they they should still be able to beat out the other teams in the division, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so I the mean, worst possible yeah, position. It's going to be tough. Fifth. Yeah. Get another yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, er, early teens to draft pick. Can't wait. But, I mean, we're not we're yeah. not going to get lucky with another Cole Caulfield type, you know? No, probably not. But yeah, I mean, you know, Bergevin is probably going to have one more year. But you know, it it. I mean, the coaching staff. I mean, the, the, there's got to be an overhaul there. The Dominic yeah. Duchamp has obviously been a massive disappointment for the Canadians. Uh, I mean, and, and the worst thing I, in my opinion, about Duchamp is that he he just feels like a puppet. Yeah, is Bergevin is making well, that all the whole thing with the Bergevin uh, uh, looks like he's the one that, that asked for the the challenge on the goalie interference, which we were never gonna get. We're, that that was that was that was there's no 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 chance in hell we're gonna get that. Never gonna happen. I I don't like again. I I don't remember seeing that ever happen. That a GM called down to tell the coach to do a challenge. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I mean, I, I've, I guess, you know, we're not privy to all of that when it, when it does happen, but I don't know. It just, he just, just reeks of desperation. I find Bergeron. Yeah, he really does. And, you know, in previous years, you know, I mean, we've always said that, Oh, you know, he's, he's been afraid to go for it and he's just sort of always been with the status quo, but this whole year, like once st- things started going badly, it just feels like it's one desperate move after another. I, I just think about the firing of, of Claude Julien, which we, we agreed with, but I just think of what he looked like in the press conference, right? Like, he looked like he was going through something, you know? And it's just... And again, I, it was it's, the, for me, it was the timing of that. You know, yeah. we've talked about it before, where they had a week off right before he got fired. Why would you not fire him before that and yeah. then have Dominic Duchamp have a week to I mean, instill what he wants to do? I didn't hate his argument to that, that he just said that he wanted to give Claude Julien that week to see if he can get out of, of the rut. Like, I kind of get that in a sense. It's not it's not a horrible uh, tra- train of thought there, but it's... But then the the whole, like, Duchamp has been so... Dis- like, I'm I'm honestly... I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm genuinely worried he's going to sign Duchamp to, like, a three-year contract. Jashan's gonna be the coach, and then he's gonna trade someone like Kutkiniemi for like a, an older player that already already isn't as good as Kutkiniemi. Like I, I'm really genuinely worried we're gonna have a move like that happen in the off season because he's a desperation move because he thinks that's the move that he needs to take take a step and move past uh, the, the 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 Leafs or whatever. But like if that happens, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, that I mean you gotta I mean oh I. I I mean, I, wow. I mean, if that were Can to happen. Can you not see that happening, I mean, though? Can you not see that happening? Oh, man, like, I would normally I would say no, but the desperation that that, that you're sort of seeing from Bergeron, this ever since things started going downhill, I mean, who knows what the what this coaching, well, not the coaching staff, but the management is, is capable of right now. It and the just way they feels treated like, Kotkaniemi and the way they've, they've used them all over the lineup, never given consistency. Like it, it just seems like they 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 they, they, they can't stand him, and it almost seems like they want him to fail. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, and I I just it, I wouldn't be surprised. I would lose my mind. I'd probably throw my phone across the room like I did when they traded PK Subban. 
Yeah, it's it, it's something. Like I really don't know what to say. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do at this point. I mean, like, and again, I mean, it, it started with the Julien firing. I thought that was bad timing, and then the firing of Stefan. Wait, the way yeah, that, that whole thing. Nah, that was that that looked unprofessional. Is what it looked like. Yeah, uh, which is uncharacteristic badness. for Bergeron, and usually, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible look, and and now, I mean, you got Joel Bouchard that's gonna be a free agent. I mean, if you let him leave, like that—that's mad. That would look so bad on the yeah. organization. That, that's the, the thing with Joel Bouchard is like it's, it's his choice to me. Yeah, I go to Bouchard and I'm like, look, I would love for you to keep coaching the AHL team, but I understand you're gonna get NHL offers. I will, I will re-sign you right here, right now, whether it's in the AHL or the NHL you choose. You know what I mean? Because it might be better for the team for him to stay in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, but if he wants to move on to the NHL, he'll he's gonna get those chances, and I want that chance to be in Montreal. That, that that's the way I see it, basically. So. No, absolutely, no, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to lose lose Bouchard, you know, like that for yeah. for nothing. And no, that, I mean that that would be a huge loss. And, and then yeah. I mean it's just one desperate move after another. And even the way that he held or handled the the trade deadline, I thought was a shit show. I mean, you know, Eric Stahl, I mean, I think a lot of us thought that that was a, a pretty decent move. So, I mean, I don't think you can argue well, too much with that. I thought it was low risk, but I didn't consider the risk of them playing him over players that are better than him. I didn't consider that risk. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But <laughs> but again, I mean, and, and then they brought in John Merrill again. I mean, not like I, I was I thought John Merrill was pretty decent and for a fifth rounder it was nothing but again you're just adding another defenseman that they already have a bunch of and, and then he's playing over me, Romanov you know like you know like I don't think either one of us have ever been the biggest Victor Mete fans and you know he's obviously never going to be that great of a defenseman but he's basically exactly what the Canadians would need right now yeah. he's that sort of you know I mean that puck moving defenseman you have one of them basically on the team aside from Romanov and yeah. you trade and no, you don't even trade him. You lose him on waivers yeah. for absolutely. And, and like, enough. just like his zone entries and skating through the zone and all that. Like I know he had his issues, but he brought something that no one else on the team can bring. And then they just let him go for nothing. Let him go for nothing. And it's and just that whole, that whole thing is, it, it just wreaked desperation and, to me. And, and not just that, don't forget that he, he did all those call-ups and all that, like right after, like right after the limit, like the, the what was put into place, which is the reason why it like we couldn't make moves for a while and like we couldn't call up Caulfield right away and all that. Like the 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 management of that whole thing what was done super poorly too. It's it, it it's just been honestly, it, it's been a bad look for the GM. But it, but it feels like I I get the impression that Jeff Molson doesn't doesn't know these things. Do you know what I mean? Like Jeff Molson, he doesn't re- he doesn't he's not as in depth knowledgeable about these types of things. That doesn't realize that these fuck ups happen. He just sees that oh they made the playoffs against the Leafs and the Leafs have a better team and that's why Bergeron is going to keep being able to be the GM. I I I don't think he's gonna, I really don't think there's going to be that much of a change. And it, like but the thing is is if Bergeron accepts that this team can't make the playoffs in the next two years and needs to be doing a bit of a rebuild here and focus on the kids and then hire Joel Bouchard, like. He doesn't necessarily deserve to have another chance, but I do trust him. Like you said, he's made some good moves over the years. But if he stays on with the thought that he he needs to win now, then I'm just terrified for the future of this team. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the last thing you need is is to him to continue these desperation moves and start moving yeah. some of the young guys for, you know, those 
you know, like move a guy like Kakinami for, you know, a, a, like a left-handed, like a guy like Ekholm or something like that, you know, like yeah. a guy that's, that's going to be a temporary fix for the next two, three years. Yeah. And you start moving out guys like Kakinami or, you know, I mean, uh, you, even like some of the, some of the younger prospects coming up like Norlander and, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, that, that would be, that would be terrible. I mean, you'd set, set the Canadian, set the, set the organization back another decade, basically. if you did Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see what what's to come, but uh, I mean, at this point, part of me is almost is looking forward for them being out of it. You know, it's like it, I'm not I'm not having a good time. I, like it's, it, and yeah, it's not, I mean, you know, it's like it's, if it's you not watch, over yet, right? But I, I mean, <laughs> sure. But like the way they've played the last few games, and and like if you've watched the Edmonton Winnipeg game uh, series, and like they got swept, and Edmonton has two of the best players in the world, so like it's 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 probably more frustrating in some way for Oilers fans. But those games were at least exciting. And yeah. like the, there was the, the the Oilers like the the games are a lot closer than 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 a sweep is what I'm saying, but this this series it it really just feels like the one win was off of a fluke, but off and off of fluke slash price playing like amazing, but if this team has just a, a regular goaltender in that it's just like a, a normal one you know not not a top five in the world goaltender like Price has been playing like. Not not only are we down, are they are they are they probably already eliminated, but they're the the scores are even more lopsided than they've been. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they're they're definitely already eliminated. If you know, I mean, uh, Jake Allen's been great, but I mean, if Jake Allen was the goaltender for these four games, yeah. it'd be it'd be over already. And yeah, like you said, it would have been a lot more lopsided. Uh, you know, I mean, it it just feels like it's it has like you said. I mean, it's been pretty boring. This whole series. I mean, the the first game was pretty exciting, and then the other games have been pretty, yeah. I mean, pretty boring. I mean, definitely not what you'd expect from a playoff series. Yeah. And I mean, I mean maybe you know, Leafs fans are enjoying this. I don't know, because I mean, they're they're winning. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I'm, but it's but like, like it's even you know Dave Hodge from uh, from TSN. He he tweeted out that you know it this, this series really doesn't feel like a playoff series not at all and and you know the lack I mean, of I fans think, doesn't help like when no, you watch for sure. other, other series that have fans it makes a big difference of course but but it's like you said I mean I don't even think Toronto's really hit their stride yet mm. and no, like no, I feel this like, is a practice round this is a practice yeah. round for the Leafs 100%. like you know I, I feel I feel like even like obviously for Canadians fans doesn't feel like a playoffs right now and I feel like if you ask Maple Leafs fans like they would probably yeah. I think they would agree that it doesn't feel like a playoff game like it's just sort of a regular season game what might hurt the Leafs is they might show up against Winnipeg and then Winnipeg's going to come out flying compared to the Canadians and they're going to be like whoa what's going on here oh are we in the playoffs now like that that's that, that might this series might end up hurting the Leafs long term because they they just they haven't needed to to take their game up a notch like it's even though the Jets won in a sweep I, I think they they played much more competitive games uh than uh, than the Leafs have had to play this is just short of a miraculous turnaround it's just like of course I'm gonna watch the game tomorrow and I hope they win, but I just I can't see it. I'd be I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Unless, unless Price plays so well that they can't score a single goal. Like, can, do you think the Canadians can score more than two goals tomorrow? <laughs> oh man, not not the way they're playing. Like, I mean, assuming Gamble doesn't lay a complete egg, you know what I mean? Because that can always happen. And there's a few shots that have no business going and go in. But short of that happening, it just I don't see it. I just I don't see it at all. No, I mean they're they're not 
producing really any chances. I mean, all the shots are from the outside. Whenever they do get a shot between, you know, between the circles, it's it's right into the Campbell's chest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it, there's no effort, no like anything, no emotion out there. I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's like uh, like Maxime Lapierre said yesterday on TVS Ball. He said, you know, I mean, it looks like these guys are playing a game, a regular season game in October right now. Yeah. Uh, you guys are you're wearing the Montreal Canadiens jersey, sh- like play like it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's pathetic. It really is. It really is. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I usually like last year when when it was coming to an end before we had the whole like plan. So I was excited for the offseason, right? Because uh, the potential. The, now I'm I'm scared for the offseason. I'm really I, I I'm, I'm nervous uh, of, uh, of of what moves are going to happen here because I think there's a clear path for this team, but I really don't think that's what ma- the management sees sees the same thing. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not excited to be a Habs fan right now. No, it's, it, it is a little scary, man. It's you know. Hopefully they make the right moves and and you know whoever you know. I mean, if Bergevin's assuming he's probably still going to be there, you know, if if he is still there, that he's not making moves to just save his ass short term. That yeah. you know they're going to make the moves that are that are best for the team. Yeah. Like you hope he like he's not an idiot. Like there's, I can't imagine that he looks at the at the like assuming the division goes back to normal next. Like I hope it goes back to normal next year because. I can't do another like I was excited for the All Canadian Division, but I'm so sick of seeing the same teams every <laughs> every uh, every every game. But he, he you I can't imagine that he's looking at Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston, and Toronto, and honestly thinks he has a chance of making the playoffs. Like I can't. And if he does, then I'm like, all right, well, you know, like our GM's delusional. Great, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's going to be interesting anyway. We'll we'll see. And obviously, they still have to lose one more game. This it's not over. Stranger things have happened. The Canadians sure. could potentially make a comeback. Um, you know, I mean, I think you just got to look. I mean, one one series that sort of came to me was I think it was in 2004 when they were down three uh, one against Boston when Kovalev gave it up in overtime and they. And Glenn Murray scored to make it 3-1 in the series, and it looked like for sure it was over. And then, bought, and then uh, they ended up beating Boston three three games in a row. Um, you know, maybe miracles can happen, but uh, I, I mean, at the end of the I mean, day, I don't, I don't remember that team that well. But I'm assuming that's a team that deserved to be in the playoffs versus this team that shouldn't be in the playoffs at all. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they finished eighth against the top uh, top Bruins team. I guess that's but, true. you know, but like the way I mean, the, the team finished in the regular season. That's the thing. How did like this should have yeah. been obvious? Like we thought the week the break was gonna help, but no, nope. it just suck. Well, you know, I mean, the, yeah, I, I mean, I thought there there was some some reasons to be positive. Like obviously with that break, there was a lot of players coming back from injury. But it's, I mean, it it's it's just you know, it, it's like I I think I tweeted this out yesterday. It's I I can live with a lack of talent, but the lack of emotion, lack of of you know effort that I'm seeing. That kills me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I mean, uh, I think that pretty much does. I mean, we didn't talk about it too much, but uh, Otto Leskinen and Caden Primo uh, made the North team all-star for the AHL. So good for them. <laughs> I, I hope it's yeah, a sign. I mean, good news. Yeah, lot, lots of good news for the Rocket, obviously. I yeah. mean, 
you know, this season it's, it's been a great year and, uh, oh, I mean, super excited about the, uh, the Trois-Rivières team, uh, coming yeah, up East PCHL. They should be announcing their, their team name actually, I think in the next week or so. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah but, I mean, uh, yeah, stay, yeah. I, I, I think we have more to say uh, as far as what we think that should happen in the off season. But, uh, once the Canadians are eliminated, which we're assuming is going to happen sooner rather than later, we're obviously going to do another episode to talk more about, uh, that type of stuff, the expansion draft and all that, uh, what we think is going to happen there. So, uh, beyond, beyond, beyond the lookout for that, for that, but for now, I mean, this has maybe been the most negative and depressing podcast we've had, but I mean, I don't think anything else is deserved for this team. <laughs> nope anyway we'll see uh yeah we'll be back next week i mean uh maybe maybe a miracle will happen in the next yeah. three games but yeah. if not uh season review yeah <laughs> see, see, see it more, more most likely a season review coming next week and <laughs> hopefully if they do get eliminated tomorrow maybe we're going to get some news on what's going to happen with uh i mean did, they do get eliminated tomorrow and i watched the mark bergman press conference that usually happens a few days after the end of the season, and he just gives us a bunch of excuses about the schedule and all that stuff. I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, my God, am I going to lose my mind. But uh, <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when it happens. There's no point in speculating at, it, at this point. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you made it this far in this depressing podcast, <laughs> and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.